0: What's up, folks? I'm always bad at this. I need to practice. I'm sorry, audio folks. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. So glad to see each and every one of you here today. Uh, Before uh, we get started, before we get started with today's message, I do want to say something about the uh, news that we have received this week, right? The hopeful news that we are turning the corner uh, in this uh, state of the pandemic that we are in. So we are turning the corner. We are making progress. Thank God for that news. Now, uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for your patience, for your understanding and your support of Mercy Vineyard as we uh, continue to to look for the best practices and the best path forward. Now, uh, we want to keep everyone healthy. We want to keep everyone safe uh, as we continue to meet, to worship Jesus together. Now, I've met with the board uh, on, last, on Thursday. And uh, this week, I will be meeting with the staff. Uh, we'll be convening to discuss uh, some changes, uh, what we're going to do uh, immediately, and what we plan to keep in place. Now, some of us have grown accustomed uh, to wearing masks for our protection, and some of us think it's the worst thing in the world. And we want comfort right now, This should not be a point of contention or division in God's church. It's unfortunate that uh, this has become a political football. I desire that all of us would be led by the Holy Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of love and of peace. Unfortunately, I have already seen Many judgmental social media posts from both sides expressing their opinion. A lot of hate is starting to build up. When the pot starts to simmer, if you don't want it to boil over, you turn the heat off. So that's why I'm saying what I'm saying today. That there is a real enemy. This enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer... The accuser of the brethren, whoever you want to call him, he's real. And he wants to use this issue to fracture Jesus' church. He wants to divide us. And he will use every little thing that he can to do so. May it never be. You can clap if you want. May it never be in Mercy Vineyard. May it never be in the larger Christian church that we are the ones who are divided by a political issue. Let us guard our hearts. Let each one of us guard our minds. And most importantly, let each one of us guard our mouths the things that we have to say and type and text and tweet and Facebook and and Instagram or whatever. Let's put Jesus at the forefront of our speech. That's what this series is all about, sticks and stones. We're we're talking about Christ-like communication so that we can grow better and closer together. So with that being said, I do want us to be more and more like Jesus. And so I want us to focus really quickly on a verse that Paul wrote. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I hope we have it on the screen. We'll put it up on the screen. Um, I will read it to you as we go along. It's from the NLT. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who were under the law. When I am with the Gentiles, who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything that I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Father, help us to be the sharers of the good news, the lovers of you first the lovers of others above ourselves and the lovers of ourselves to grow ourselves to be more like you. Will you help us in this journey? Will you squash any beef in the church? Will you grow us to look more, to act more, to speak more, to think more like you? And we pray that you would be in this message and that you would impact every life today Meet us right where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Encouraging words is what we want to talk about today. Have you ever wanted to give up on something? Have you ever wanted to quit? Have you ever wanted to throw in the towel? This is, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. See, I remember when I was a teen, I was learning to play the drums for my church. Yeah, I was a drummer give the drummer some. I love the drummers. Thank you, Phil. And so I was learning to play the drums and and one of the groups at our church was invited out to sing at another church. And so I was the drummer that went along. I was the drummer that went to play. And so I was excited about this opportunity to play drums out and about. Well, when I got there, guess what I found? I walked up. It was our turn to sing. We got up, and I walked over to the kit, and there was no drummer's throne, no seat. What was I supposed to do? There was a folding chair laid up on the, against the wall. Anybody who knows how to play drums knows that that's uncomfortable. That's, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. You can't adjust a folding chair. So I pulled up the folding chair, and I was uncomfortable. I sat there to play the drums. I couldn't, didn't have time to adjust them to, to make myself comfortable. And, and I looked around the room and I saw a group of folks. They were the other drummers for the different groups that were going to play that night. And there were some good drummers over there. It, it was some really good drummers. Like some drummers that were like professional level. Man, these guys were so good. And he little old me just learning how to play with a drum kit that's uncomfortable. And so I was afraid. I was fearful. I was full of fear. I'm like, what am I going to do? God, can you help me here? And so I sat down. I went and played the drums. And to be honest, I didn't play well that night. As a matter of fact, I saw those drummers. I kept my eye on them the whole night. You should never keep your eye on folks that you know uh, are better than you, uh, unless you're trying to be like them, you know. Anyway, I kept my eye on them, and I saw them whispering to each other. I saw them giggling and snickering. I saw them laughing and pointing at me. I felt awful. I felt terrible. I felt like I wanted to quit. I could never be a good drummer like them. I could never do something like that. I could never uh, be as good. I don't care how much I practice. At least that's what I thought in my mind. Young and under the microscope, I felt discouraged. I felt like I wanted to quit, throw in the towel. Have you ever felt like you wanted to give up or quit? Maybe you have a story similar to mine where you wanted to just give up. Maybe you have given up. Maybe there's something in your life that was just too hard. And maybe there was something in your life that was extremely frustrating or or, or something that caused so much fatigue, it was overwhelming for you, that you just had to let it go. You wanted to let it go. Or someone directed some comments to you that were so vile, it made you feel like you were nothing. Embarrassed, discouraged, maybe you said, I can never show my face in that place again. The Barna Research Group put out their uh, State of Church 2020 report, and and what they found uh, over the past year is that nearly one-third of practicing Christians have disengaged from their faith group. They're not attending online service, not attending their small group, not attending uh, in-person service. They've taken this opportunity to disengage. Oh, this is my way out. A pandemic? Yeah, I'm disconnecting right now. <laughs> Tell my mama I can't go to church. This informs me that when the going gets tough, when things get hard, when, when, when uh, uh, things don't go the way we think that they should go, when someone says something that uh, we don't like, when, when, when something discourages us or, or, or something happens in the church that we disagree with, we're, there's so many of us that are willing to disconnect, to let go, to throw in the towel, to walk away. Well, this isn't the first time in human history that this has ever happened. This is not the first time in human history that the church has ever been discouraged due to circumstances beyond their control. The book of Hebrews is written specifically about this and for Christians in this situation. Uh, the book of Hebrews uh, tells us about followers of Jesus who experience worse situations than we could ever imagine in our lifetimes. In the second half of the first century prior to the Roman destruction of the Jewish temple, followers of Jesus were actually being persecuted. Actually, I say. <laughs> See, they were actually losing their property and their lives for being Christian. Actually persecuted. Uh, they, it, it did, their lives and their property did not matter to the ruling class, to, to, to the state. And so, those things, life and property, were being taken from them at the hands of the Emperor Nero, who, who uh, uh, slaughtered Christians for his entertainment. Uh, if you don't believe me or the Bible, you can go to your Encyclopedia Britannica and find out this information for yourself. It's important to investigate primary sources and understand history. These Christians in the first century. They wanted to give up. We know this because when we read the book of uh, Hebrews, we find out that this is written to Christians who wanted to throw in the towel. Things got too hard. Following this Jesus is too hard. Following this Jesus, I'm going to get my life taken away. Following this Jesus, is he really going to come back? Is he really going to fulfill his promises? Is this thing real? Am I going the right way? This book of Hebrews is written to encourage Those people. So I think it's important for us to look at a passage in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter ten, verse number twenty-three. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up. You could uh, turn them on if you have it electronic, or you could look at the side screens. We'll be reading together uh, uh, this passage. Now, this author pens a line of wisdom, I believe, that many skim by really quickly. uh, For uh, they believe that it's a a scripture of chastisement over a a scripture of Uh, encouragement. But let's read it. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This book is written as an encouragement to Christians to understand their value in Jesus Christ. To understand the value of their relationship in Jesus. And to understand the value of going all in with Jesus. Putting all the chips on the table for this relationship with Jesus. The author is encouraging followers to hang on in there. The author is encouraging the followers to keep up with what you started with Jesus because tomorrow will be better than today. The book also serves as an encouragement for us to be encouragers. To be encouragers that it is our responsibility to encourage one another. It's our responsibility in the times of despair and depression to come alongside and lift each other up. The times of of, of disunity and, and destruction and battling. We come alongside each other and give a good word. Encouraging us, encouraging each other is actually valuable, not just to the person you're encouraging, but also to yourself. Did you know that? It's plenty of studies out here, scientific studies. I'm not a scientist, but you can look it up yourself. Scientists, you all can help me out. That when you encourage somebody else, your health improves. When you say something positive to somebody else, you get encouraged. When you reach out to someone else, you get the benefit. So how can we be that encouraging voice that uplifts each other? How can we be that voice of positivity in each one of our lives? How, how can we come together? Well, it's three things that I believe that are pointed out in this chapter, in this uh, verses that we read. First thing is that we need to establish an understanding of God's promises. Establish an understanding. Of God's promises look at verse 23 it says let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise oh in order to encourage others we need to be intimately aware of what God will do and what he can do we need to be aware of that not just believe in what everybody else has to say I'm talking personally Otherwise, we're just complimenting each other, right? It, it, it's one thing to encourage somebody, but it's another thing to compliment each other. Let me, let me tell, Compliments, right? Oh, you got some nice shoes. That's, that's a nice dress you're wearing. Like, that stuff has its place. It's good. We should be bringing smiles to each other's face. But what the author is trying to tell us here is that we need to uh, uh, encourage each other with the word, with the truth of God's word. That's more valuable than telling me my shoes look good. Thank you for the person who complimented me my shoes today. I'm pointing you out. I appreciate that. We need to encourage each other with God's promises. There is a promise of God that I think is just one of the most valuable ones. All of them are valuable. But it comes from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. So you may have heard this one. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. You see, somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to hear that you haven't met your end yet. Somebody needs to hear this encouraging word from God's lips. That there is a future for you. He is not out up to your destruction. He wants you to have a positive end, a positive tomorrow. You know, maybe you came in here today at your wit's end. Maybe you came here today discouraged. Maybe you came here today with a health crisis or, or, or uh, mental uh, health issues or, or maybe a, a stress of other people uh, on you, your heart that's weighing you down. Listen, God wants you to know that he has plans for your future, That all of this stuff you're going through today, it has its purpose. That there's a better tomorrow for you and for me. And he wants us to hold on to that promise. Believe him. And we need to encourage each other with these promises. To be encouragers of each other. Let folks know that God hasn't forgotten about you yet. And he never will. So one of the ways that we can, that can help us to memorize some scriptures. Have you ever tried to memorize some scripture? We need to put some effort into memorizing some scripture. So I'm going to ask you, like, over the next month, if you would just take out every day or every week, whatever's most convenient for you, write down Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Write it on a little post-it note. Put it somewhere where you could see it every day to remind yourself of this promise from God. Because when you fill yourself with the word, then you can encourage others with that. The second thing we see is that we need to engage each other with motivation. Motivate. Look at verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. To motivate means to provide someone with a a reason or purpose to act, to take action. Do you know what's motivating? What, What would motivate you? I know what will motivate you, knowing the end result. If you know the end is going to work out, it should motivate you to keep on the path. How many people have been to school before? Y'all laugh, but some people ain't been to school. Look, you, you've been to school, you go to school, sometimes the work gets hard, sometimes the assignments are, are beyond you, sometimes you got to cooperate to graduate, sometimes you, your, your teacher is arrogant and, and, and seems like they want you to fail, but what gets you through? Knowing the end result. Knowing that if I get this degree, knowing if I get this certification, knowing that if I get this knowledge, then something good will come out of that. That I can get a job, I can provide for my family, I can make an impact on this world. And us as Christians, we know the end result. We know that we will spend eternity with our Lord and Savior in heaven forever. We know the end result. So don't let the stuff that distract. don't let these little distractions on earth fool you. Don't let these people on TV and all this nonsense that we read about and see on social media distract you. Jesus is king. Not Mark Zuckerberg or anybody else. Motivate, motivate, motivate. There's the third thing that we see in this passage that we can do to encourage each other. And that is to encourage each other with a purpose. Encourage each other with a purpose. Look at verse number 25. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The word encouragement jumped off the page when I read this verse, and so I had to do some study on that word. I'm like, okay, why is it jumping out at me so much? Because in the original language, which is Greek, that word encouragement is parakleo, parakleo, excuse me. And when I told Pastor Leo that the word was parakleo, he got excited. That's all he wanted to talk about was, my name is in there. I'm like, this ain't about you. <laughs> We're trying to talk about Jesus. And you're like, that's my name? Love you, Pastor Leo. <laughs> Parakaleo means to come alongside and strengthen another. It, it means to exhort one another. We should all be parakaleos. But that word of course, sparked something else in my study. I was like, parakaleo sounds like something else. It sounds like something else. So I went to John chapter 14, verse 26, where the Holy Spirit is called helper. The word helper in the Greek is parakalitos. So I said, I may, I put the two together. I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. The Holy Spirit is our example. The Holy Spirit is our guide. If we develop this relationship, this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, then watch this. This encouragement that we are called to be, this encourager that we're called to be, it will ooze out of us naturally. We won't have to worry about, oh, I got to think of something encouraging to say today. Get your relationship right with him. And watch The change that will happen in your life and in the people around you. Here's another verse that popped out at me Uh, Matthew chapter 20, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Jesus, it's a quote from Jesus. He says, For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. What are you full of? See, my father would tell you what you were full of. I'm talking about my earthly father, not my heavenly father. He wasn't that much in the church, so he'd tell you. What are you full of? Because what you're full of is what you're going to give. If we want to be encouragers, if we want to be like Jesus, we got to fill ourselves with something different. We got to fill ourselves with some positive stuff. So why don't you take some time out of your schedule and fill yourself with the good stuff. Fill yourself with some some scripture. It's going to bless your life and the life of somebody else. Surround yourself with positive, encouraging people. Because they're going to sow into you and you're going to be filled up. And so much so that you it's going to spill out of you and encourage somebody else. Fill yourself with good works and good deeds and love. And all of that stuff will come out and impact the lives of others. And we'll all be better for it. Encourage one another. He says, encourage one another when you gather, right? And that's, this is what some preachers say. That's why you got to come to church. You got to be in the building. Jesus ain't never said go to the building. Oh, am I not supposed to say that? When you gather, you could be at somebody's house. He said, whenever you gather, don't neglect the opportunity to encourage each other. I don't care if you're meeting online on Zoom, you encourage each other. The people online, on the online service, encourage each other in the chat. If you're here today, face to face, walk up to somebody before you leave today and say an encouraging word to them. Because that could stop them from committing suicide later on the day. You don't know what people came in with. That could transform somebody's life. Let the Lord use you. The key to encouragement, though, is Vulnerability vulnerability i'm not telling you got you have to tell all your business you got to spill the beans but with your church family you ought to be willing to let folks know what's going on in your life so that you could get the proper encouragement you know i know i like to eat but i don't want nobody coming up after me after me and saying oh when's the baby due that's a i can't wait to see you i mean it's really for the ladies but i mean i know i got a little something That's the wrong encouraging word, right? (laughs) I know it's an extreme example, but we got to be vulnerable with each other so that we can help each other appropriately. So the only way we're going to make an impact in this world, the only way we're going to make an impact is to continue to encourage each other, to make progress, to achieve our goals. We need to come alongside one another with an encouraging word. So I want each one of us to take some time today And think about this and ask God, who do you want me to lift up today? Did a name just drop on you? Hold on to that name. We're going to do something with that name in a minute. Romans chapter 15. I'll end with this verse. One of my favorite verses. Uh, Romans 15, 5 through 7 reads, May God who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you, so that God will be given glory. When we ironically accept people as they are, when, when we accept people like Jesus accepted us, think about your own life, without judgment, with, with, with uh, 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 unwavering love, then people will see that there's a reason to not give up. They will see that somebody else loves them, somebody cares, that this God is real, that there's a reason for me to now reinvest that energy into somebody else. People will receive our encouraging words. When we do so, speak it with love and leave that judgment stuff behind. We've got to let go of that judgment. My mother was always, has always been the greatest example of encouragement in my life. The greatest example. She's always come alongside me and encouraged me. She's always wanted to strengthen me. And that gave me hope. That gave me joy. That gave me a a, a hopeful expectation about my tomorrow. Her encouragement helped me to believe that tomorrow was going to be better than today. You see, she was the one that came to my first wrestling match. And she was the one in the audience screaming, that's my baby, my baby, as I lost. (laughs) She was the one who went to every one of my graduations. She like, you going to school again? Okay, go ahead. And no matter what state they were in, she was always there to encourage me. She was the one who encouraged me to continue on with my instruments, my my trombone and the drums. I will never forget that day. I was practicing the drums after that incident I told you about earlier. And I'm like, oh, just, you know, whatever. I'm just playing. And uh, she came out and said, you know what? You sound really good on those drums. That encouraged me for the next 10 years. That one word of encouragement, one word out of your mouth to encourage somebody can transform their today and their tomorrow. Will you be an encourager? Will you be an encourager? Imagine what the Holy Spirit can do with each one of us. And collectively, if there was a wave of encouragement that went through the Twin Cities today, If you and I and everybody in this room would go out and encourage somebody, that encouragement would spark a wave, I believe, of God throughout this area. I think God's got something for this Twin Cities. I think God's got something for mercy and wants to use mercy as an example for the rest of the world. That, hey, these folks can be unified. These folks with different backgrounds, different everything can come together and they can encourage each other. Man, what can I do? So why don't you encourage someone this week? Listen, we have these sticks and these stones that we've been putting out here. If you would, if you bought your stone with you, back with you, if you you bought your stone, why don't you take some time and write down the person's name on that stone that you can encourage this week? Or before you leave, come up to the tables and grab a stone and write down a name on that stone that you can see this name every week or every day this week and it can be a reminder for you to think of something encouraging to say. What can I say to that person that will impact their lives? Let us all be the encouragers that Jesus is calling us to be and improve in that area because there's nothing but good that will come out of it. Father, thank you for your encouraging word. Thank you for the truth of Hebrews chapter 10, I pray that you would grow us in that, that you would motivate this church to be all that you are calling her to be, and that you would make us the love lovers and encouragers of humanity that you will want us to be. Continue to motivate us to be all you want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen.